Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a belly-up sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, I am doing good. I go to school on Friday, so very excited. Only six days away. We have our fantasy draft on Tuesday, which I'm very much looking forward to. Our sixth year in that fantasy league. Yeah, I'm really excited. But uh, LJ, shall we uh, get get into the show? Yes, very soon. But I think it's about time for (laughs) – I think it's a – I think it's about time we have our big announcement of the day, and that is a brand new partnership we have. MLB Daily is now an official partner with La Terrain Watches. Brandon, have you ever thought of getting a watch? Have you ever thought about knowing what time it is? Uh, I absolutely have thought about getting a watch, and I do think about knowing what time it is. uh, I'll tell you, it's a very important skill to have, and I sir, certainly hope I have it more often than I do. But with a lot of terrain and watch, you'll always know what time it is and in style, in class. I'll tell you, Brandon, I've been uh, poking around law-terrain.com today, looking at some things since we've gotten this deal done. And I'm telling you, the Compass Watch is calling my 
name, you can get yours too. Now, these very fashionable, very affordable watches will have a 10% off discount when you use the code MLB Daily, all caps M L B D A I L Y, and have some fun with it. You know, there's a lot of great products here, and we're sure you'd like them. LJ, I think my favorite watch on there is the Legacy 2. Looks really, really sharp. Uh, mm. It's a good looking watch. Yeah, code MLB Daily. Uh, be sure to use that at checkout and also uh, on their website they have free shipping on all over on all orders over 50 bucks so be sure to check them out absolutely but lj we need to talk about a team that we were let's just say more than hyped up on to start the year in fact their their name is still in our twitter bio they just ended up dropping another game right before we started recording here if you can't figure it out is the san diego padres who are now 67 and 57 they dropped tonight's game to the phillies four to three and i believe now uh in the wild card they are either tied for the second wild card with the reds still or have fallen out of the NL wild card. They have fallen out of the NL wild card. They now sit a half game back of Cincinnati. The Padres have lost four in a row. The Reds have won three in a row. I mean, LJ, what's what's going on with San Diego? I know they, you know, we we record this show every day. They've kind of quietly been bad. Like, what's what's happening? Look we've long ago realized that this pitching staff was not up to snuff for what certainly what we thought we were going to be seeing out of San Diego when you get you Darvish Blake Snell and add them into a pitching staff that already not only has showed a lot of promise but already was capable of making it to the postseason on their own then of course you Darvish spends a lot of time on the IL this year Blake Snell has been Awful. And so you had to rely a lot on this lineup. You had to rely on the MVP favorite, Fernando Tatis Jr. You had to rely on Manny Machado. You had to rely on guys like Jake Cronenworth and Trent Grisham. But this this offense has just gone flat out cold. This is one of the a very similar, honestly, a lot similar to the Red Sox in the way that it's just gone down outright cold after starting the year being the strong point of this team really the only strong point there hasn't been a ton of bright spots to this rotation other than of course you know the joe musgrove's no hitter joe musgrove in general has pitched very well this year but this has been a shocking collapse by this team you know i i don't remember where i heard it said earlier but it really hit home to me it should be upsetting it should be troubling to us that the Padres lineup looks or looked so bad without Fernando Tatis Jr. in it like they were they were absolutely atrocious they got no hit a couple weeks ago without him and then he came back hits those two homers in that game and all of a sudden for a little while they looked like they were right back in it and that was the jolt that they needed first off no team should ever look that different when only one player is missing. 
The other thing is, obviously, that hasn't worked because the, the big story within this Phillies-Padres game is that Aaron Nola had a no-hitter going into the seventh inning. Yeah, that's 3-1 right now in the ninth. Yes. Retired the first 18 batters of this game before having the no-hitter broken. So clearly, as much as much of a game-changer Fernando Tatis Jr. is, he has not fully turned around the momentum of this team. But no one man should be able to do that alone, nor have to. No, and especially when tonight the Padres have one hit, and that was Manny Machado breaking up what Aaron Nola had. I mean, this is this is crazy to me that I'm watching Aaron Nola right now. He's only at 104 pitches in the bottom of the ninth inning. Uh, of course, they pick up that game last night, like I said, four to three. Should they win right here, LJ? The Padres would be a game and a half back of Cincinnati uh, for should that. They, they, should they lose their two and a half games? So that's the one that's a little more interesting because that now you're getting into a range where you're really starting to get into talking a whole series behind. Like, once well, yeah, that's if they get swept tomorrow. Yeah. And then, or, be yeah, back. I mean, even though two and a half to three, two and a half to four games back is not a terrible place to be, but certainly not somewhere you want to be, where you're basically saying, okay, they have to lose a full series more of game, more worth of games than us over a month stretch for us to get back into it. It's not a good space, space to be. Aaron Nola's dealing. He just struck out whoever some, this guy I've never even heard of for the Padres. Uh, but yeah. Uh, shall we move on to this next story? Um, no, actually, because I just no. remembered something I did want to talk to you about. Okay. And that is the kind of blow up that happened on Padres social media the other day regarding one man of course losing during times in which you're losing it can really show your true colors and a lot of Padres fans were disappointed to see the true colors of Manny Machado the other day he ended up posting on his Instagram a picture of him admiring his mural outside of um, the Padres ballpark somewhere outside of it he was he paused to take a picture of him admiring the uh, mural, and I believe that was a day or two after they'd gotten no hit. So, Brandon, yeah. we've seen so much, sh- for lack of better better word, shitty stuff from this man, and really just overall in bad taste and bad form acts by him. Th- is this one of the most tone deaf ones? Uh, I mean, yeah, but, you know, people who hate Manny Machado are obviously going to just hate on him for that. I mean, stupid. No, look, I mean, I've never look. Does does Manny Machado do dirty things? Absolutely. Yes. I mean, did he did he intentionally step on Jesus Aguilar's foot in that playoff game? Absolutely. Yes. Did it, but, did it break every baseball fan's heart because you could tell by the way that Jesus Aguilar reacted that he was genuinely like emotionally hurt because, you know, Manny Machado has been there a while. He's been in the majors a while. He's starting to get it. He's getting into that range already has where guys look up to him. The players that, 
are just coming up into the league watched him when they were 14, 15 years old. So, yeah, that one kills. But my point is he's still, when you're watching him on the field, is a very exciting player to watch both hit and field. So, like, I've never really flat out full-on hated the guy. Uh, but he's certainly not one of my favorite players or anything. But uh, I've never really had full-on hatred for him. No, look, this is just, you know, it's toned deaf to the situation. This is a team that hasn't gotten a lot of success, and they're on the door of – or the doorstep of – being a super successful franchise. They have a franchise-changing superstar on that team in Fernando Tatis Jr., and they want it more than anything. The first thing they want to see is that their stars want it as much as them. And again, you shouldn't you should think better of yourself, better of your brand before posting this during the context of the whole stretch of games no i agree i i i do uh but you know some of the yankees players have also made not even yankees just players in general you know sometimes miss the whole you know thing so i get it uh, lj if you don't mind me sliding in one last little quick thing not involving the padres but just Something quick to talk about for two minutes. Uh, the Orioles dropped another one, 17 in a row now that they've lost. Yeah, you know what? It don't, doesn't help them that they keep going up against, like, legitimately good teams. Like, <laughs> let's back up a little bit. Playing Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, so they're playing Atlanta. They're playing a division leader. They went from Atlanta, go back a little bit. They played Tampa. Then go back the next series, they play Boston, including the return of Chris Sale, who looks like he's taken about four years off of his body. And so, you know, I don't know how anyone can be shocked. This is a really bad team that was due for a cold stretch, and then you add in the ridiculous strength of their, like, two-week schedule. This was a disaster waiting to happen from the beginning. Yeah, actually, this was a disaster waiting to happen from the beginning because who were two of the teams that people were legitimately picking to win their divisions? The Braves, the Rays, the Red Sox were up in there. Like, this was a whole stretch of contenders. I feel like we probably should have known this was coming long, long ago. Oh, I agree. Uh, Update. What was the Diamondbacks streak ended at? I think they got to, what, 19 in a row, 18 in a row? Update in the Phillies-Padres game, two outs in the bottom of the ninth. Jake Cronenworth is hitting with a runner on first. Aaron Nola still in the game. The Phillies are up two runs, three to one. He's at 115 pitches. The count is two and one. The tying run at the plate in Jake Cronenworth. But, yeah. Uh, let me. Be, wait, how many outs did you say? Two outs. Yeah, this will be his last batter. And outside, three and one now. I believe uh, on deck. Tatis should be up next, right? Uh, well, Cronenworth's the four hitter tonight. Uh, oh, oh, right, right. Oh, so he's already. Yeah, never mind. 
Let's see here. Uh, uh, it would be Myers. Myers, okay. Yeah. But, all right, let's see. We have a three and one count, bottom nine, two outs. Aaron Nola, his 117th pitch, is hit in the air to center field. Gone! Oh, my God. The Padres tie it up on a Jake Cronenworth two-run home run in the bottom of the ninth inning. The Padres' second hit of the game, and we are tied at three with two outs. What a day. Unbelievable, LJ. They're back. They're back in the playoff race. Hey, that was not a bad call for a live reaction. That was a very good call. Again, we should figure out something about calling games. And Aaron Nola has now been taken out. You know what? That's good. You know what that's good enough for? Best of MLB Daily. Check out Best of MLB Daily on Unhinged Radio. That's definitely making it. (laughs) Exclusive coverage, a whole entire hour's worth of our best bids from the week. Honestly, this this show has been going so well that I think there's just going to be a lot of this show thrown in there, and we'll sprinkle in some more of others. But, of course, we have to get this whole saga of Brandon updating on this game put on in there so listen 5 p.m to 6 p.m on unhinged radio on mondays with various replay opportunities throughout the week so aaron nola's final line eight and two thirds innings two hits three runs two earned two walks 11 strikeouts and a very admirable line until you realize why he's getting the no decision like until you know until you notice that it's a no decision then you start to realize oh yeah things would that that would be when you'd realize things went south like if you're just looking at his game logs so ian kennedy is coming for the phillies to face austin nola eric hosmer and will myers the next three up for the padres with no men on in a tie game with two outs. Uh, but LJ, up next. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. I want to talk about my man who, you know, people should be 
talking about this guy more. Miles Michaelis. He made his return, LJ. His second start this year. His second appearance since 2019. If you remember, I don't even know. He came back uh, earlier in this season and uh, was unable to – he pitched in one game and got taken out, got put on the 60-day IL. He got activated, pitched last night. He went five innings. He allowed two runs, but none were earned. This guy's story is actually incredible. I mean, he pitched three years in Japan, and he was able to sign two years, $15 million with the Cardinals. And then he, he was so good in 2019 when he was pitching for the Cardinals. He signed four-year, $68 million ex- extension that uh, goes through the 2023 season. I mean, this guy... He's had a 3.45 ERA in his career. He finished sixth in the Cy Young voting in 2018. And when you look at this Cardinals rotation, of course, Jack Flaherty, you still have. Kwang Hyun Kim, who's uh, coming back soon. He has shown a lot of potential. For the future, I mean, those three are a very good three to, to, to build around there. And I think that Miles Michaelis... Uh, yeah, watch out for him. I think he's still got nasty stuff. Uh, he's only a few years removed of being really good. And he's 32 years old now, which is surprising. But, I mean, I absolutely love the guy. The, just his story playing in Japan between 2014 and 2018 uh, and then being able to get a big contract with the Cardinals is just awesome. It is. And you think you talk about them having anchors – there that are really solid building pieces you basically said of assuming that Michaelis makes a semi-full return to what he was doing before injury and everything assuming he makes that full return you only have two more spots in that rotation that you need to fill for the next like three years yeah and that's the great thing about and then you also can stop to consider the fact that they have one of the best anchors of a long-term anchors of a bullpen in Alex Reyes, who will be their closer. Hopefully if the franchise does things right until the day he retires, he will be their closer. So you you're in a situation where as much as like the line, the lineup needs work, but as far as the pitching goes, you don't need any of the big ticket pieces. You don't need any of the expensive stuff you can go out and you can find the right guys to fill in the rest of it and make those quiet transactions. Oh my gosh. I just saw Brandon's eyes light up. What happened? Uh, It was a one, two count to Eric Hosmer with a runner on first. Uh, I wasn't paying attention to how that runner got on. I'm sorry. Uh, Austin Nola single to get on first one, two count to Eric Hosmer. He checked his swing and the ump said he didn't go. He clearly went around. Like Joe Girardi was basically out of the dugout, ready to give his guys a high fives when the ump said no. All right, two two pitch to Hosmer is inside. We're gonna have three and two two outs with a runner on first to Hosmer here. Uh, 
Jeez, if, if, if the Phillies blow this game and we just talked all about the Padres, and then the Padres would be back in the wild card. So everything we talked about at the top of the show is just gone. It's just like irrelevant. so irrelevant. All right, here we go. Three and two, bottom of the ninth. Kennedy deals. Inside ball four, he walks Eric Hosmer, and that will bring up, I believe, Will Myers hitting seventh. Uh, Will Myers is hitting seventh. What am I reading? Am I just like? Yeah, I don't know what you're reading. Uh, No, I I see it in the right order now. I just don't, I don't know where the order I found, I made, I made up in my head came from, but. Padres just brought in someone. It's Jake Marisnik. Jake Marisnik to pinch run. On deck is Adam Frazier. Why do they have Adam Frazier hitting eighth? Because he's been atrocious since you got your brand. Have you looked at his numbers? Uh, I, no, I kind of forgot about it, to be All honest. Right, so, Brandon, it, it has been actually, actually one of the biggest collapses in baseball. Pittsburgh, 98 games. He slashes 324, 388, 448 for an 836 OPS and 127 OPS plus. Okay. In 21 games in San Diego, he's slashing 238, 282, 288 for a 61 OPS plus. Oh, my God. The first pitch to Will Myers was outside. First and second, two outs. Swing and a miss, one and one. Uh, LJ, shall we? Is this, no, no, this, I, I want more reaction. To that, next that, topic. That's, that's gonna easily become the wor- probably the worst deadline move. Yeah. Right? Uh, I mean, they didn't have to give up a lot for it, so probably not. No, but what other move? Certainly, pops it straight up behind home plate. Catcher makes the play. We're going to extras. Um. What other? player at least in the short term has had a such a regression but b has been just that bad since they were moved yeah and no i can't i can't think of any usually there's a there's a bullpen arm that kind of like comes to a new home and just cannot pitch for the life of them and as much as hansel robles has struggled since he's gotten to boston as much as he's quickly being ryan out of boston He's certainly not as bad as Adam Frazier right now. This is. Yeah, not good. Well done by the, by the Pirates. <laughs> All right. Uh, this next topic. Uh, oh, you want to go into Rufy? Oh, yeah. Sure, yeah, why not? So, yeah, Brandon, um, certainly this has to be one of the more brutal things to happen today other than our planning going up in smoke as they Padres come storming back to eventually win this game. But earlier today during the Yankees game, they are pitching, uh, it's Ruth Nettador is at the plate and he goes to call for time right as the windup is starting. The umpire gives him time, runs out of the way, but the pitcher's already started to throw. And so he finishes the throw to the catcher Meanwhile, after taking after taking his hand off the bat to signal for time to the umpire, 
Rufnador puts his hand back on the bat, not thinking he's going to get the time call, and swings through. Brandon uncorks a home run over the bullpen into the stands, only for it to not count. <laughs> that is just... You know, I I was unable to catch any of the Yankee game today, and I'm so mad that I missed it now because, LJ, you, you know me. I'm someone who watches literally all the games as much as I can, and I was just so busy at work today. I wasn't able to catch any of it. Like, how does that happen? I, I don't understand. Like, I, I get that they let the batter call time when the pitcher's in his windup because, like, if there's something in the batter's eye or whatever, right? Like the ump has to grant him time because it could be dangerous, of course, right? So that's why they grant them time. <laughs> but then to think that you're not going to get it and then put your hand back on the bat and then you do get it, but it all happens so fast. You're like, okay, I might as well just actually approach this at bat, right? <laughs> and to hit a home run just seems that's like a one in a billion thing. It has to be like, that's gotta be the first time something like that has ever happened. Absolutely. And it's just, see if I can find a video. It's more brutal. Uh, Pitching Ninja had on TikTok. That's where I first saw it. So. Gotcha. Check it now or later. But um, anyway, no, you think about it, like, especially the way you personally have described watching Roof and Odor makes it all the fun here because you talk about him as being like 75% of the time he's going to ground out into a double play. And then the other 25% of the time he's going to hit a ball so hard, so far that he's got time for three bat flips before he has to make it down to the first baseline. Um, He has been one of our most productive hitters this year. Not even joking. Like he has, you're getting him for free, but then, but like, it's just so funny because like, it's usually either something completely awful. It's either an awful, awful piece of hitting or an amazing piece of hitting with him, as you have described. And you got screwed out of the amazing piece of hitting because of a timeout he called. Yeah, and the and, and the funny thing about that deal, because you're right, the, the Rangers are paying his entire salary, is that he has to stay on our roster the entire season to uh, – for, for the Rangers to keep paying him. If, if we were to like take him off our 40 man to like for any other reason than the IL or like trade him or like DFA him, then we have to pay the salary the Yankees would. So it, when he was really bad, when he first got here, there was so much talk and it's like, do we just bite the bullet with this guy and just like, is it worth the roster spot to DFA him and just pay him whatever the money is? Like, is it worth the roster spot? And we stuck it out. LJ, if you had to guess how old he is, how old would you say he is? 32. 27. Ooh. So young. He what? What a, what a downfall for Roof Odor. How old do you think he was when he punched Jose Bautista? Oh, gosh, that would have been 22. He was either 21 or 22. If it was 2015, which I think it was, he was 21 years old. This guy was playing in the majors at 20, and he had a 93 OPS plus, 107 OPS plus at 21. I mean, to have to be that good of a hitter at a young age, he had 33 home runs in his age 22 season. 
pretty impressive. Look, at the time, I'm saying this at the time, like if I were to rewind to that point you're talking about in the season, before Cashman completely saved his, not, not saved his legacy, his legacy was always going to be good, but his immediate legacy, how he was remembered when he retired or hypothetically retired, when he saved that by going to, into the deadline and making so many great impactful moves, that certainly changed the public perception of him. But let's pretend that didn't happen. Let's go back to the Cashman that was getting a lot of flack for not spending and all of the issues and the fact that the, this Yankees team hadn't gotten where it was supposed to go in the past couple of years. Imagine if they, I'm not sure if the, met, the numbers work correctly, ended up going over the luxury tax just because they had to the DFA roof net door. Well, no, just, like, that was the thing because yeah, it was ju- like- ju- just because he tried to make a deal to make this team better just because of that. And then it blowing up in their face, they had to go over the luxury tax. Well, like that was the thing. Like, it was like, damn, like we're really going to have to go over the luxury tax now because of Odor and we suck, which like, that was even worse. That was like, the the first two weeks of the season, I don't want to talk about it. That was that was so brutal. There was a bunch of episodes where I was just so mad. I'm, I remember when I was in Florida, like that was April 16th, 17th, 18th, I think. The Yankees got swept by the Rays. We had the worst record in the American League after that weekend. And I was like, well, like it's, you know, you don't have, it, it's okay if you don't make the playoffs every year. Like I was just so so it was just it was bad but look the great thing about baseball it's such a long season you guys have all been able to be here with us for for it all yeah and you've been able to be here for the low highs and lows of both of our fan experiences lj just lj just hit a low like a week ago no brandon you don't understand because i'm finally starting to like kind of i mean i'm certainly not giving up hope but it's really hitting me now because look. That was rough today. I mean, should we mention that the Red lost one and the one to the Rangers today who are 43 and 80? Look, this correct me if I'm wrong. Now I still believe in the guy's talent, but is this this was a much a very much unexpectedly bad contract year for Eduardo Rodriguez? Oh, it looks like Martin Perez just got killed today, too. Yeah. I mean, again, if your starter that was supposed to be your ace last year... Oh, yeah. You get through five innings would make things much more, much better. But, you know, look, I understand the fact that in the American sports model, everything's about progress. There are very... Only very special teams go from worst to first over the span of one season, right? Am I correct in saying that? Yeah. So everything else is a building up and a scaling up to where you want to be. We were at a at rock bottom last year. And so overall, no matter how this last month, month and a half of the season goes, I would call this team a successful built building block towards something better. LJ, However, can I say... One thing. Oh, no, here, I'll let you finish. Go ahead. Alex Cora, his lineup tonight, LJ, was the best one of the year. 
I don't know if you saw what he did. Kike won, Devers two, Bogarts three, Schwarber four, JD five. LJ, he's hitting a good hitter second. He figured it out. You know, honestly, I think Devers there might actually be the answer, though, seriously, because the only thing I would do is put Schwarber first. But um, honestly, that would make a lot of sense for him because really the only knock on his offensive game at this point, everything is really solid, except sometimes his zone awareness is just non-existent. And so it gets to be absolutely brutal seeing him in like the five hole with two runners on and two outs and seeing him strike out. So the two hole honestly might be better because you're still going to be getting a lot of really good production from him, but just not as high stakes. Yeah. But look, I went into the season asking for one thing, meaningful games in August, because I didn't get any meaningful games in August last year and the league season started a couple days at the end of the end of July. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria and I'm Mike and we're Team, Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. I've gotten meaningful games in August this year, so technically it's a success, but I did not expect the meaningful games in August to be as bad as the games in August last year. Yeah, uh, especially because you guys made five errors today. I mean, that's it's crazy. Five errors. At some point, it has to just get to your head, that right? Hits. Like your pitching staff today, just in general, was getting hit. We're just getting killed. 17 hits, and you gave up five errors, and you walked three. I mean, they just had a million guys on the bases. One other thing, you had J.D. Martinez in left field and Kyle Schwarber DHing. Yeah, that's what we've had to do. So, like, you just have to pick between Kyle Schwarber and J.D. in the outfield now, which – no, I'm sorry. That's a that's a terrible choice that you guys have to. Pick. No, it's it's not that bad because first off, again, I will stand by the fact that JD is a technically sound fielder, just completely unathletic. Um, which means he's like the worst fielder in the league. But the thing is, it's long term. And especially if they were to bring him back next year, which I think I, I seriously think they might, it's not going to be a choice between Schwarber and Martinez. First off, they've already given him practice looks at first base, which means that would be an, that is sort of sort of an option for him on on rest days for other guys. 
But the other thing you're forgetting here, Brandon, is the fact that he's coming back from a hamstring and a calf or a hamstring and, oh, it was a hamstring and a groin injury currently. So Kyle Schwarber isn't in a situation right now health-wise where he can play the field well. To his, can't, can't play to the field to his ability. So really the only spot for him to be able to have an effective, be effective for the team and be in the lineup is for him to DH. So until he gets fully healthy, his options are DH or bench. And I'd much rather have JD in left and him DHing than not have anything. Uh, if you want to update in the Padres game, top 10 runners on first and second for the Phillies, still tied at three, two outs. Andrew McCutcheon's up facing Mark Melanson, who's in, uh, I believe this is his second inning of work now for San Diego. Let me see here. Yes, this is a second inning of work. So first and second for Andrew McCutcheon here. Uh, of course, the Padres will hit in the bottom of the 10th, and it will be, I believe, Adam Frazier to lead it off uh, when they do end up coming up. But uh, we'll wait till the end of this at-bat, and then we will move on. Uh, but as for J.D., I mean, look, I haven't seen – much of him in the field to be honest it's kind of like Stanton like I don't know like look I'm sure he's okay like he's really slow but if it's hit right at him or if he has to run in to get the ball I'm sure he could do it but you know you you can't have you know a bunch of balls that are just he has no chance on where the average guy would at least be close. You know what I mean? Like, no, but, but let's fast forward this two, two and a half, maybe three weeks, or even to next season, assuming the same roster. You, you'd be fine with Kyle Schwarber in left, would you not? Oh, yeah. Well, that's because he's had to play there. And Andrew McCutcheon yeah, so that out on three pitches going to the bottom of the 10th, still tied at three. That's exactly what I'm talking about is the law. The end game is for JD to be back in the DH role full time. And for Kyle Schwarber to be out in the field. I like that then. Okay. That, that is the long-term play. It's just with Kyle Schwarber's current state of health. Makes he, sense. They, 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 they need his bat in the lineup, but they can't put him out in the field. So that's their only option. All right, uh, LJ, um, that trivia thing here where yes. I'm hoping I can somehow get it, but um, who knows? A quick little fun fact for you. You know, you've done pretty well with these in the past. I feel like you might be able to guess. I'll give you enough hint okay. as we go. Albert Pujols homered off of Rich Hill today. Okay. Pujols last homered off of Hill on August 17th, 2007. First off, take a minute to let that sink in. That 14-year and four-day span between consecutive home runs off a single pitcher is the third longest in MLB history. Can you name either of the two, two pairings in front of him? Oh, boy. all right. First question, just uh, is it from like, the 1900s like guys who played for like a million trillion years my hint for that will be it is 
post strike. Both both answers are post strike. Post nineteen ninety four strike. Okay, so I'm gonna guess Bartolo Colon probably is one of the pitchers. Is that is that correct? Yes. Okay. Hmm. Bartolo. I mean, it could be Albert Pujols, right? It Realistically. Could. It could be Miguel Cabrera. It could. It could be someone like, I don't know, Bartolo. So 14-year gap. Right? Uh, I can give you that exact, actually. The one, um, with, the one with Bartolo was how long? The one with Bill Bartolo was 15 years and 313 days. Okay. It could have been someone like David Ortiz. It could. Can I get a hint about the hitter? Some kind of hint. Yes. Something. Nine-time All-Star, three-time Gold Glove winner. Three-time Gold Glove winner. Oh, boy. The nine-time All-Star just seems like Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna look up one guy who I don't think it is. Okay, the guy who I looked up only made the All Star game eight times, so that's not played great. for seven teams. This is your next hit. Okay, um, Bartolo, jeez. I'm trying to think of like the other one now. Like I'm trying to see if the other one I could somehow get. Um, you want another hint for that other that hitter while you wait? Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm trying to just figure out what he is the, a rookie. He is a rookie of the year recipient. Okay, and he won the Gold Glove Award three times. Silver Slugger twice. He's got a Hispanic name. Is it Rafael Palmero? No. I think he's won three gold gloves and the silver slugger twice. Has he won the rookie of the year? No. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Rookie of the year. Final hint. Oh, wait. I think I might. He he retired. He retired in 2020 from baseball. All right. I'm going to go with the man who I saw his 400th career home run. Is it Carlos Beltran? It is Carlos Beltran. The rookie of the year is what is what gave it away there. Finally so found I never it. got it off the gold gloves. I would have never guessed him, but I figured nine-time all-star. And then I th- I kind of knew where you were going there with 2020 because he got fired by the by the by the Mets. Yes. Um, the other one was Barry Bonds and Jesse Orozco, which was 14 years and 69 days. Oh my god, the Padres just got a man caught in a rundown between third and home. Uh, but now they have, I believe, bases or no, they have they have second and third with one out. Connor Brogdon pitching for the Phillies, bottom ten. So they have the winning run ninety feet away. Again. 
again. Yup. And this time, well, uh, this time they have one out. And the hitter will be as that was Ha Seung Kim, who just uh, pinch hit for uh, the pitcher. And he hit into a fielder's choice. So, all right, here steps in the man, the myth, Trent Grisham, the leadoff hitter. against Connor Brogdon. Two career walk-off hits, it says right here. The last was against Arizona. Ripped hard down the line and foul. LJ, I'm not sure if you saw this today, but the one clip I saw from the Yankee game, some, uh, like, kid, I'm not sure exactly how, how old he was, I think like maybe eight or nine, he caught a Minnesota Twins home run. And all the Yankee fans convinced him to throw it back. So he did. And then the Yankees gave him one of, like, the foul balls that got hit into the dugout. So he ended up getting a ball anyways. You got to love it. You do. One one count on- the thing is, that kid's going to grow up to be the next person to hit Alex Verdugo because Yankees fans have no chill. Well, when when Marwin Gonzalez hit that home run a few feet away. I wanted to kill that guy. He threw it back. Yeah, I was going to jump on him. <laughs> you could have had that ball. That was one of Marwin Gonzalez's two, two home, runs. home runs. as a Red, Boston Red Sox. Grisham just swung and missed. Strike two. All right. Uh, well, while we're going with that, the uh, Brandon, some of the MLB's proposal for the collective bargaining agreement has leaked. Yes. Uh, it is interesting for the terms of the salary cap and luxury tax. The MLB reportedly proposes a $180 million first luxury tax threshold uh, with teams subject to a 25% tax on any spending above $180 million. Uh, as a trade-off, uh, the Padres just won. I was reading something, and I see everyone running around. They say, it might have been a wild pitch, honestly. I have to watch the replay here in a minute. Uh, yeah, as a trade-off, there would be a $100 million salary minimum for every team, so a salary floor. Uh, MLB's entire proposal was presented as a package deal as opposed to a series of one-by-one potential provisions. Uh, so this would just be one tier of – luxury tax compared to how we have three now lj uh what do you what do you think about about that uh with it only being one tier and then them doing it uh so you have to spend at least 100 million it's just was set number at 25 percent over the tax and yes it was a wild pitch that got away from the catcher that's how the padres just walked it off and won so the first 15 minutes of our show disregard what we said about the pots race the whole thing is irrelevant now irrelevant um they're back in it um look the more i read on this the more i like it honestly and some of this is stuff just i had i hadn't looked super close into it before tonight and of course just hearing that is or realizing that it's only going to be one level of luxury tax now makes me like this a lot more because you know what, I don't see, I don't, I don't see, a, I don't really see the flaw in it. Brandon, you had some issues with it. If you'd like to address those, and I can yeah. report them. Well, no, I mean, like, 
the one thing that I just think could be an issue is at least at the start, and because me and you talked about this pre-show, and I do agree with you a bit, but at least at the start, if when you make a hundred million dollar salary floor, I mean the Indians owner would their their uh, payroll was at like sixty million, and then he decided to cut it down even more. And now you want this guy to pay $100 million, which means he's going to have to pay some scrub players a lot more than they should be making. The Rays, who never want to spend any money in free agency, they trade away guys who because they're worth money. Now all of a sudden, you want all these owners and stuff to spend money. I mean, that these, these teams are just going to do whatever they can to intentionally go over, and it's – it's going to just be a lot of artificial bullshit contracts that uh, I, I don't think is good for the sport. It's going to make owners honestly want to less be involved in free agency. And like, look, the good thing is that I honestly think that they're just going to want to sign extensions with their players prior to hitting free agency because no one's going to want to pay these free agents so much more money now just so you can get over this salary floor. So you're going to be much better off just extending your players and buy almost buying out their arbitration years, honestly, because there's no reason to sign free agents now if you're a small market team. Absolutely not. Oh, you see, I disagree. I think there's more of a reason. First off, this artificial numbers and everything that you're talking about, I struggle to see how that isn't bad for the – that's not good for the players because what uh, what the way you're assuming that this market is going to work is that rather than going out and spending on free agents they're going to just increase the increase the salaries of most of their base level players like the most of the guys that would make the mid more towards the minimum would get price would get salary hikes that that's what you're saying well, yeah, I mean, that's what's going to happen because all the other guys just signed huge deals and they're going that, to. While that, while that is that is certainly an option, first I have to say that I don't think if you're the players, even if you're the teams, the fans, I don't think you can really complain about some of these guys getting more money. I think overall this this financial system has been one of the most imbalanced ones in all of sports, with the exception of maybe soccer where it's a far more open market across the world than it is in any of the major base, major uh, American sports. So in this one, you have guys who are making upwards of 40 million every year. And then you have a third of the league making 500,000 a year. So there is a huge disparity between the rich and the poor in this. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing for that to like it's not it's not the worst thing in the world for me yeah, to have that change. That the players who provide more value to your team make that much more money than the players who provide little to no value to your team. And also one other thing, LJ, there's 11 teams that aren't even over a hundred million dollars on their payroll right now, and you want the Indians to more than double their payroll paying like what are how exactly are they going to get from 48 million to 100 million in the span of one off season they're just going to have to go out and spend money on free agents that they don't want to get but they're forced to sign these guys 
Look, they extend their own players, which is, I guess, way better. Like, I like that. But now you're just forcing teams to double their payroll. Look, it's going to get the shitty owners out of the sport, which I love. Yeah, don't, but, get, don't get me wrong. I, don't, I also don't like the fact that you're kind of making a mandatory amount that a owner, a business owner, has to pay to be in. That, that is one part I don't, do not necessarily like from the moral balance of the business. However, I can also challenge you the fact uh, on the fact that they're not going to spend in free agency on good players, because if we're talking about which I, cer- I, I certainly agree you should be paid based on your value in a, in everything. However, I certainly do think that the minimum salary for the Major League Baseball could stand to be a little higher than it is. Is really what I'm trying to say, and so oh, that no, I agree. I agree. So and so that's what this effectively does. However, at the same time, you know how many minimum salary guys they would need to sign to get over a hundred million dollars? They're gonna have to trade for guys just for the purpose of getting over this. Like that's the only reason why they're gonna make trades for players now. No, no, no. But but think think about this, Brandon. If you want to keep the full worth and you want to have these major free agents be able to go out and get money. Let's say I'm just throwing numbers at you. Let's say you're the Indians and you've got $40 million on your payroll right now and you need to get up to a hundred. So you have $60 million that you have to spend annually. You have 60 million annual dollars that you have to spend this year. Would you rather give every single one of your players that's currently on their roster, five extra five million more, a $5 million raise or would you rather go get whatever superstar is out on the market for $45 million and then the next best middle-of-the-rotation middle of pitcher for $12 million? But, the, but, but they're not going to do it. Is the, but that's no, the, no, no, what, but, but why? They're already under $100 million aren't going to do that because they've already said we're not spending money in the first place. So why no, would no, no, they go out no. and get it? I don't think you, – you're not seeing this because – it doesn't matter if they're saying they're not going to spend money. They have to spend the money. What it's coming down to is you're giving your, I'm saying you have $60 million that you are legally by the contract constructs of the league required to spend this off season. Would you rather give it to players that don't necessarily deserve it by their value or instead go and grab guys from outside of the organization spending that same amount of money. That, mo- that money has to be spent now with this floor, regardless of who is getting it. So if you're, if you're the Indians, why wouldn't you go get the best starting or try to get the best starting pitcher on the market if you have $60, 60 million to burn? Yeah, I mean, maybe we could see like a lot of just like one year contracts for a lot of money now because teams are like, oh, well, now we have to get over this amount of money. So we can offer you this just for a year. And then next year, it's a whole nother cycle because you already know that there's going to be teams like Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Miami, Tampa, Seattle. Well, like maybe not Seattle because they've shown in the past that they try in free agency. And leave, leave Miami alone. 
All right. Now, I guess not mine, but Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cleveland are the three biggest culprits of this in Tampa, where they are going to literally spend as close to $1 million or to $100 million on the dot as humanly possible. And during the season, they'll probably try to find some kind of loop around to pay less than that. Yet, profits go up every year since 2000 in the MLB. Owners are making more money off their teams every single year, yet the payroll has stayed the same. I I would love an explanation there as well. Exactly. So the other thing I do have naturally increased is what I'm saying. They shouldn't have had to artificially. No, they shouldn't. But let's let's face the realities of the situation. We do. We have to. And that's also another thing I want to see out of this at some point is what their plan is for percenting percent growth. Because it is very easy to screw up the development of these because by doing a floor and by lowering the tax, you're making a much more of a salary quote unquote salary cap league than you've ever had before. So I would like to see their plan in terms of changing that because or growth, because if you screw that up, it can really become an issue for you. But the other thing you're not thinking of here, you say when, when your deal is, oh, I mean, maybe you are. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be saying you're not thinking of it, but one-year deals. If you're, if everybody's getting a one-year deal, that means they're all back out in that free agent market, which means free agency becomes an entirely different beast than it's ever been before. Certainly more exciting. If you have a bunch of really good guys, if you have, I'm not going to say Mike Trout, but if you have Corey Seager, this this offseason, going out there, and you've got three teams that have to spend $40 million, and they all offer him $40 million, certainly he's going to take the offer from somebody. And then he's going to go out the next year, and there's going to be that same hype of where's he going? Who's going to give him all of the, the most money? I can't see how that's not going to be exciting for the league to have so many guys so many high quality players out on the market making big money year after year. You know, LJ, I just thought of one other thing, and that's if you put in the salary floor, it makes it so teams are unable to do rebuilds anymore because you're forcing, because like if you use your example, right, I'm going to use your example where you have to spend, if you're the Cleveland Indians, right, you have to spend the money. Um, so now you, you, they have to go out and spend this on a star pitcher or else they're going to just end up spending a bunch of contracts that are going to end up there. Their ROI on the, on the contracts are just going to be terrible, right? So now they have to go out and spend on this star pitcher. You're not rebuilding anymore. Like at that point, you're forced to contend. So what, so what, in, in, what incentives do you have to do a rebuild if there's a salary floor now, because it's like, okay, well, the point of a rebuild is to cut your payroll and basically be bad for a few years, gain a lot of assets for the future. And then it'll pan out. Like you said, it's a progression in baseball. That's part of the the thing. 
I don't see a lot of progression here. I just see a lot of very erratic year to year movement where teams are just really, some teams are really, really good one year and really, really bad the next year. I really don't think that it, we're going to see, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not a fan of, of, of this floor. I just think it hurts a lot more things than it helps. I just don't know if you're a team like the Orioles right now, how you could possibly do a, do a rebuild with a floor, with a salary floor. Well, for starters, I, I, I can never contend that less competition is better for the game. So to be put in a position where there's technically going to be more competition is certainly a plus. But let me show you this, because I don't think you're thinking, I guess you could say third dimensionally about this. You're thinking down the same old path of baseball, the same rebuild path of baseball. You absolutely can do rebuilds. It just can't be the same. And if it, if you are doing a rebuild, it's going to be a heck of a lot better for your fans than the current rebuilds. It must absolutely suck to be a Baltimore Orioles fan right now with how bad that team has been for several years and they're still not getting the majority of their top prospects up yet. So there's just such a long wait, whereas at least during this part of the rebuild and the other ones, it, it um, is how to say in this part of the rebuild under a new system, it would be a little easier to watch the team. Here's the other thing you're think, not thinking about is the, the new luxury tax. I think that ha- plays a lot into it. The fact that there's only one level of tax means that there is less incentive disincentives for teams to spend over it. A good team that thinks they have a really good roster and wants to spend past that, it's a lot easier to sp- spend past it and stay past it now than it was before. So if you have that, not only are you going to get still teams with a lot of money that want to spend, they're enti- completely entitled to do so under this, but you're going to have teams that say at the deadline, hey, I have, a, I have a real shot at this. Let's go all in. Let's fix up the last couple spots that we need to on this roster, and let's make a real, really good playoff push. If you're the Indians in that situation and you've been forced to spend over in the middle of your rebuild, or let's, let's go back to the Orioles. If you're the Orioles and you've had to spend all this money to be a, be, a better team than you wanted to be, there's nothing stopping you, at least from the way I've understood this plan, there's nothing stopping you from going under that te- that floor midseason. So if you traded away those assets mid-year, you're still going to be able to get back prospects for these guys that you just spent and had on your on your team for only a couple of months. So there are ways to rebuild. There are ways to get younger quickly. It's just not the same conventional way. Speaking of the luxury tax, uh, LJ, the Red Sox are over the tax right now. I'm not sure if you know that, but they're two million over the tax. And with the trade deadline passed, uh, yeah, you guys are gonna be over. So you might have to be paying 
much higher percentages next year than uh, just the other teams. Then it's just it's just you and the Dodgers that are over. Did that? I mean, I was surprised. I I thought that they you guys stayed under. Honestly, I did too. According to Sport Tracks, that is, and the Dodgers are at. They're about forty-three million over the tax, so they have to pay seventeen million extra. Uh, the Red Sox right now would pay about five hundred thirty thousand extra due to the tax. But uh, well, um, I'm trying to think what things don't count towards the cap because I didn't think we were that close either. No, I didn't either. But I just looked. On this website and it breaks it down i mean if you do if you add up all of the luxury tax salaries yeah i mean you have th- how much is how much is travis shaw making uh three hundred ninety five thousand. okay so he's not the issue so what i'm th- pretty sure austin davis gets two hundred thousand. i you- could be wrong but if you're on the seven hundred grand. If you're on the sixty day IL, don't you? You if you're on the sixty day IL, you get taken off the forty man roster. Yeah. If you're not on the forty man roster, you don't count towards that salary. So That's I think time, yeah. What? That's well, no, bad. like you still That's get bad. paid. What? Yeah, you no. still get paid. But you don't count towards the team's payroll of like the tax. Oh, that would mean the Yankees wouldn't have, have had to like. That would have meant the Yankees had a ton of room if Stanton's contract didn't count towards the cap last year or in 2019. I feel like it still counts. I don't know. Because that would make sense though, because it felt like we were comfortably over or under. And then Chris Sales would have put us over. I felt like you guys were close. And then you got Hansel Robles. And you have to pay Travis Shaw, Jaron Duran, Austin Davis, Jonathan Arauz. Uh, you're also paying Danny Santana. Ryan Brazier gets a million. Christian Arroyo. He, he, he only should be a couple weeks off. He looks... He's looked good in his past couple of rehab starts. Uh, Ed Edward Bizardo gets two hundred eighty-two thousand from you guys. Yeah, and then you also have a lot of minor league guys. Some guy named Daniel Gossett is getting seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yairo Munoz five hundred seventy-five thousand. Like you guys have quite a bit of money. I haven't checked that, but Brandon, did you see that um, Yairo Munoz broke Dom DiMaggio's organization hit streak record? <laughs> I did not. As uh, <laughs> I did, no, I did not see that. Last, last I checked, it was at thirty-eight games in AAA. I God. saw I saw one of those thirty-eight games. Yeah, I know you guys are paying a lot of. Guys, uh, this has you at yeah, 200, 212,688,000 because you have to count 2 million in minor league contracts. That counts towards your uh, tax total. But, um, 
and did we ever actually cover the whole Ryan Brazier thing? I forget if we were following that. I think we we talked about it uh, here and there. Uh, should be back soon. Yeah, I think that's it for the show. Thank you all for listening. Check us out Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at MLB Daily Pod. Play the trivia game on our Twitter. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. See you mañana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 